Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans, and thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Make sure you give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley. And before we get going, just a quick shout-out to DraftKings. If you're going to join DraftKings today, make sure to use promo code THPN. Hockey's underway. The NFL is underway. you got baseball, golf, UFC. The NBA will be here in shortly. Trust me, join DraftKings. THPN is the code word. You'll have a lot of fun. And we've got a great show coming up for you today here on the Other Connor Podcast. We will be joined by Hernan Salas of TSN 1260. He's also got the Locked on Oilers podcast. Two guys and a goalie. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Hernan Demand. Uh, he is part of the Don Wheaton on White postgame show. And, of course, the Edmonton Oilers victorious on Sunday night, defeating the Calgary Flames 4 nothing. So we'll get Hernan's thoughts on that game and look at the team as well. The team set to take on the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday night. So we'll get his thoughts on all that and more. We're also going to talk to Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. Like I said, hockey just about to get going on DraftKings. There is preseason if you want to get in on that. But Jeffrey's going to join me to talk about the Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, who who might be some players you might want to look to add to your team? Of course, McDavid and Drysaddle are the no-brainers, but there's some more uh, players you might want to look to add to your squad once the regular season gets going. We'll talk to Jeffrey Ulrich at DraftKings Nation about that later on in the podcast. Let's start things off talking about the Oilers, and in case you missed it and you live under a rock, they were victorious on Sunday night, defeating the Calgary Flames 4-0. In the Calgary Flames roster, they had some veterans out there, so it was a really encouraging sign to see from the Edmonton Oilers, a young group out there going out there, playing hungry, kind of carrying the pace of play, and finding a way to get that 4 nothing victory. Uh, when it comes to the goal scorers, James Hamblin, Derek Ryan, Xavier Borgo, the team's 2021 first-round pick, and Brendan Perlini. So for Perlini and Derek Ryan, guys that potentially could have an impact on the Oilers this season, good to see them get off to hot starts and find a way to put the puck in the net for Borgo and Hamblin. Just nice to see the young guys contribute as well. The only disappointing part of this game for me and it really wasn't a disappointing part because it, it means your team is playing good overall defense. Uh, Konovalov and Skinner both getting to play in this game. 
Both getting shutouts, but both not facing a whole lot of shots on net. Only a seven for Konovalov. Skinner facing eight. But like I said, they are both perfect. So you really can't complain too much about that one. The Oilers now off on a Monday. They're back in action Tuesday, taking on the expansion Seattle Kraken. It's going to be a whole lot of fun down at Rogers Place, seeing live fans out there for the first time in what feels like forever. We know there's going to be the tribute to Joey Moss, uh, the late, great Joey Moss. So should be a fun night on a Tuesday. 7 o'clock puck drop. If you're looking for some pregame coverage, TSN 1260 is what I would recommend. You can tune into myself with Tom Gazzola and former NHLer Matt Cassie. And then when the game wraps up, it's Tom Gazzola, Cassian, and Hernan Salas. And speaking of Hernan Salas, why don't we get to him right now? Of course, like I said, he's on the postgame show on TSN 1260. He's got the Locked on Oilers podcast. He's got two guys and a goalie with Dustin Nielsen. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Hernan Demand. Hernan, thanks for doing this tonight, buddy. How you doing? Good, you know, can't complain. Busy time. Life's good. Well, lots going on in the uh, the city of Edmonton and the sporting world. Of course, the Oilers and Elks now both officially underway. So that means we're both busy. One on the Elkcast for the Elks, and uh, with both our podcasts going on right now, and everything with TSN twelve sixty. Uh, Hernan, you did the post game show with Tom Gazzola on a Sunday evening after the Oilers' big win over the Calgary Flames, and you know, I think a lot of people were surprised at the effort with the Oilers that they put forth there. Uh, 49 shots on goal, obviously they win 4 nothing. Uh, Konovalov and Skinner both making uh, 7 and 8 shots that are saves in the game. Uh, what was your takeaways from the big victory? Yeah, just an uh, overall solid game by uh, everybody, I guess. It was just a uh, fun game to watch. Calgary had the, the more veterans, but it... <laughs> Doesn't seem like that mattered because uh, the order showed up, played a solid game. Evan Bouchard was really good. Uh, I thought a lot of the, of the guys that are fighting for that fourth line spot looked good. I don't think anyone really looked bad. I just I think the only thing we can pick apart is we didn't get a fair look at the goalies because they weren't tested at all in that game. Uh, they combined for the shutout, but that's probably <laughs> the easiest shutout for those guys because, uh, like I said, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a, a solid game by Calgary. So all in all, I, I think you got to be happy. There's a few interesting stories. I think a guy like Philip Berglund is a guy that's going to push this year. He's 24 years old. He's got some pro experience. Not in the North American game, but he's a guy that played. Uh, he played well yesterday. He, he led the team in ice time. So um, like I said, he's only 24. So it's not like he's a 19 year old defenseman. So this is a guy that might might see some minutes. So. All in all, I gotta say it was a pretty positive night. Yeah, and I mean it's it's kind of nice, right? You take a guy back in 2016, and then <laughs> five years later, like, oh, okay, he he doesn't look too bad. Like maybe he can fit in. Also, at four minutes on the power play, um, so yeah, that that would be an interesting one to see. Obviously, we know that the Oilers' defense uh, injuries happen; they always have. And nice to see that a guy might be ready to make that leap to the NHL if called upon. Uh, Brandon Perlini, I mean, that was a guy that I think on the podcast I did with you uh, last week, you had him making the Oilers roster, right, on that fourth line. What did you think of his game? I thought he started slow, I thought, um, but he picked it up. He scored the nice goal on his own rebound. He had an assist. He had a couple other good looks. And just a big body, a guy that gets around the ice well, a guy that can score. And, and he's had success at the NHL level. He's a former uh I'm pretty sure he's a former first-rounder, but, you know, he had to go to Europe to find his game for one year. That's what he did last year. So, again, I, I think it's really close. 
uh, on that uh, for that fourth line. I mean, Benson played well. Uh, Colton Seaver played well. Who knows what's going to happen with Josh Archibald? Again, he wasn't with the club, so it's one of those things where I think Bellini's in a good spot here. I mean, he didn't hurt his chances yesterday. Um, he's going to get a lot more looks, and he's a guy that I, I when I saw the signing come down this summer, I was pretty high on. I was like, this is great. It's low risk with a high upside, and um, if he can chip in and moonlight in your top nine from time to time, I think they got a, a really good player and a really good signing here, so I think he's going to push. I, I think he will be here, Connor. Like, it, not necessarily maybe starting on opening night, but I still think he'll be maybe one of the extra forwards as well. So, uh, intrigued by Brandon Perlini. I, uh, I'm a fan of his. So, yeah, so far so good. After one game, we'll see when the when the uh, lineups get tougher. But again, this guy's a guy who's played in the NHL. He's played a ton of games. So, I don't think anything's going to surprise him. So, I think he's in a good spot right now. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've told the story before, and I obviously was on the podcast, so if you listen to every edition of the podcast, this is nothing new to you, but I had uh, Elaine St. James join me on the podcast way back when, talking about Perlini and just, uh, you know, what he brings to the team, because obviously he spent time in Detroit, she covers the team uh, for the Detroit Free Press, and, you know, I, I was trying to be optimistic about it, saying, like, well, you know, was he snake-bitten, was it just a case of bad luck, and she said no, like, he wasn't getting the opportunities, he wasn't going to the dirty area, there was a lot of watching, so, you know, it seems like to me, obviously going from the Rangers over to Europe, now back to the NHL, I mean, he should be a guy who's hungry right now, like, if, if he wants another shot in the NHL, this might be it. Like he, he has to go out there and actually find the opportunities, create the chances, go to the dirty areas, and do those sorts mm-hmm. of things. And obviously, last night uh, that breakaway goal uh, buries his second chance opportunity. A good sign to see there. Now another guy who, you know, I don't want to say last chance opportunity, but very close to it. Kyle Turris uh, came over to Edmonton last off season. I think we thought that he might be a good contributor on the bottom six, and it just never really materialized. And he had a little bit of that COVID close contact scare, and that gets him out of the lineup for a little bit. From all accounts, Hernan, he's come into the into the season in the best shape of his life. He, he looks like a different person out there. It's only one game. What did you make of Kyle Turris against the Flames on Sunday? Yeah, I thought he, uh, I thought he was around the puck a lot. Um, Especially in that first period, uh, I mean, he looks good. I, nothing really to complain about. I, I think he's uh, a guy that's going to be in the conversation. He's got one year left on that deal. He's coming off, like you said, not a very good season here in Edmonton. By all accounts, he worked his butt off and, and trying to get back. Uh, he's trying to get back into this lineup. So we'll see how how it fares. But I think he's in tough. But Again, like yesterday, it's it's hard to really knock any of the players. I thought everybody held their own. Everybody kind of impressed. So I think Kyle Turris, the, the playing center is out the window. He's going to have to make this team on the wing. And he's in, for a, he's in for a hell of a competition. But so far, so good for the bet. Uh, the one thing with him was, like, he, he's got to get stronger. We've all been saying that for a while. But um, I don't know how much more he can improve, Connor, at his age. But like I said, if he can give you quality minutes, quality minutes on that fourth line, again, I, I think he will be here. And he might be that extra forward as well that gets into games once in a while. Um, but he didn't hurt his chances yesterday. He, he, I thought he played a solid game. Yeah, I mean, and I, I love that you have these guys, right? And f- for the Oilers this offseason, obviously, like your top six is locked in. Uh, you've got probably your top four centers as well locked in right down the middle. There's only a few openings, and you know you, you get all these guys just fighting for those last couple of spots. I think it's a great sign, uh, not only with depth but just 
just in your team. I mean, you're going to get the best guys on the ice. That's always a good thing. And you have a couple young players that that you've drafted and developed the right way that are going to be right in that battle as well. Tyler Benson, he's the one a lot of people have been waiting for. Uh, we talked about it on the Gregor show today on uh, Monday, and a lot of people were like, wait, like this is the guy we've been talking about forever. Like, he's got to be like 26 years old. He's not quite 26 years old. He's a 97 birthday. So, I mean, we got to pump the brakes there. But how? what do you put his chances on at making this team after what you've seen from him so far at camp? Yeah, he, he looks he looks better out there. I mean, he looks a little bit quicker. Uh, he doesn't have, like, uh, those cement blocks that were kind of holding him back. And we know the skill this guy has. Uh, can he change his game to play on that bottom six? I think he can. He's never going to be, like, a physical force, but I think he can be a solid contributor to this team. And, and it's tough because it's one game, right, Connor? Like, I, I guess once we get into games for, like, five, six, seven, eight, uh, you're going to really start seeing the separation and the guys that uh, can hang with the NHL teams and the guys that can. So I, I, I think after one game, like I almost have them, Turris, Perlini, Sevier, uh, Shore. All, I have them all even. Like even Marodi was good yesterday. So it, it's tough after one game to kind of see if he has the upper hack because, uh, I mean, they all played the same team and they played a team that wasn't very interested in that game yesterday. But... I mean, Tyler Benson sounds like he did all the correct things uh, outside of uh, outside of the rink this summer. And listen, I I like the guy. He's a local product. He's been through tough times in junior with all the injuries, and uh, I hope he gets a shot. But now again, don't just give him a shot to give it to him. I I think he's got to I think he's got to <laughs> earn it out there. And and so far, so good after camp. And I know the guys that have been down there. Uh, there's a ton of them, like the Tommy Gazzola, the Ryan Rashad. They've all liked what they've seen from this player. So, you know, you trust you trust their eye, and we'll just see, and we'll wait and see what happens here with Tyler Benson. But just like the other guys, Connor, like he, he's been good. Oh, yeah. I, now, what I want to ask you, Hernando, as we tape this, seven more preseason games left uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, of course, on Tuesday night. They get the Seattle crack, and that's going to be cool to see. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm... I'll admit it. I'm a bit of a, a jersey geek here, so I want to see those jerseys out on the ice and see how they actually look. But I'm going to throw some names at you. You tell me how many more games of preseason you want to see them involved in. Okay, that is that mm-hmm. that work for you? Very simple. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start off. Uh, let's go, Connor McDavid. Uh, three. Leon Draisaitl. Three. Zach Hyman. Probably the same. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I'd say 3-4, just because he's a newer guy, maybe just to get him used to his teammates. How about Warren Fogle? Mm, I'd say 4. Kyler Yamamoto? Uh, ooh. Yamamoto, I'd probably go 4-5, just because he's coming off a tough season. Maybe get him going here early on, so more minutes for him. Uh, Ryan McLeod? Ooh, this guy, I expect him to play a lot. So I'd probably say in that five range as well, five, six maybe. I mean, he's not a lock, right? So I think this is a guy that's got to kind of find his way to. Kyle Turris. Uh, uh, oh, that's a tough one. A veteran guy who's trying to fight for a spot. Um, yeah, I think we're going to see him in five, six games. Duncan Keith. Ooh, well, with COVID, he's only 
I think he can only play three games, but yeah, I'd probably play him. I don't necessarily think you have to play him in all three for two. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Cody Cece? Uh, four. I think half is good for a veteran like Cody Cece. I don't. I think you know what you're going to get. Unless he's struggling out of the gate, then you just get him in the more to find his game. But I, I, I don't see that happening. So probably four. How about Mike Smith? That's a good one. Michael Smith, I know we talked about this last week. Um, two and a half. I, I'd like to play him in that eighth game just to get him really going for that first uh, regular season game. Uh, he's probably going tomorrow with Koskin, and that might be a split. And then maybe that sixth, fifth, sixth game, get him another start. So I'd say two and a half. All right. Well, uh, well let's just go with all the goalies then. How about Amiko Koskinen? Three, three and a half. Oh, baby, that puts us up to like six, and there's only seven games. So, how much for kind of Olive and Skinner then? Do they get another half game? Yeah, I think they. I think they get more than that. I think they. Hmm. The craziest to get another half game, and no, well, could they each play one game entirely and just see what they got? I mean, yeah. They, then that leaves you five games for the rest. Yeah, yeah, and then you can kind of split them with one of the veterans if you have to. But I'd really like to see him again. And and I think the Oilers do too. Like I said at, at the beginning, like they didn't really get tested yesterday. You couldn't really dissect what they did because they weren't tested at all. It was just one of those weird games for them. Yeah, I so, mean. Um, I'd like to see them play more for sure. Yeah, and I look at it like, you know, what games are you going to see the other team's top players? And. Probably not on Tuesday against the Kraken. Maybe maybe Wednesday against the Jets because it's in Winnipeg. Maybe you'll see some of their top players, so a good chance to get a younger goalie out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the following Friday, you got the Kraken in Seattle. Uh, then you don't have any more home games. So you, you always wonder in the preseason about you know who who teams are going to send. And I'll, I'll correct myself. Saturday, October 9th, that's the final preseason game, is in Vancouver. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of have that balance. Like I want to get these young guys out there against good competition, but also... Uh, you know, the NHL is not a developmental league. I want Mike Smith to be ready, so I want him to go out there against good competition as well, maybe that final game. So it's going to yeah. be uh, definitely interesting to see what happens down the stretch here. Uh, Hernan, I, I want to just get your thoughts on this. You know, the, the Oilers, obviously, like we talked about, coming out having a great start in the preseason, uh, a young team going up uh, against the Flames who had a lot of veterans in the lineup, outworking them, uh, <laughs> outshooting them like crazy, not as physical, but, I mean, that seems to be the, the Flames maybe wanted to focus on throwing the body a little bit more. What do you take away from that, knowing that it is just one preseason game, a lot of these guys aren't going to be here in the next, uh, well, when we get to the regular part of the season, but what do you take away as positive from that game overall? Yeah, just kind of like their forecheck. They were really good. Like they, they, there was no cheating in that game. They, they did all the good things. That's what a coach wants to see right off the first game. And I know people are always like, "Hey, calm down. It's preseason game one." Yeah, but if you start with good habits right off the hop, that that bodes well for the regular season. Now we've seen teams kill it in the preseason and, and just, uh, you know, get off to horrible starts in the regular season, vice versa. We've seen teams really struggle in the preseason and then just find their game once that game one hit for the regular season. So, again, like it's not so much about wins or losses, it's just the way they're playing. And, and I thought they really dug deep yesterday with a, not a very uh, NHL-ready lineup, and they, they played really well. Like, that, that game, 
wasn't even close, Connor. I know in the first period it was 0-0, but it was all over. They think after the second, the shots were 30-40-11. So they did a lot of the little things, the little nuances in the game that coaches love that maybe we don't see all the time watching it on TV. But uh, that was a solid effort through and through. And I, and I was telling Tommy on the post game, it's like the first time, regardless of, of what kind of game it is, that we really had nothing bad to say about anyone. Like outside of a goaltending, just it was unfortunate because they weren't tested, but everybody really held their own. And there's 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 some good positivity because you're seeing a guy like Burlberg, Berlin, uh, Philip Camp. They all looked really good. Xavier Bugo scored a nice goal. Now we all know he won't be here. Like that's that's just the reality. He's going to go back to junior. He's still a very young guy. There's no need to have him up here and 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 sitting out or playing with the big club at this time, but. It was a positive scene to score that goal. Just an excellent finish. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – I think Coach Tippett – and then Coach Tippett said, he's like, let's pump the brakes. It was one game, but he was happy. He just said the guys kind of really dug in, followed the game plan, and everybody did their jobs. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to watch film tape of them after the game, you're, you're pointing out the good things and not the bad things, and I think that can be an effective way to coach as well. Hernan Salas joining me here on the Other Connor Podcast. Hernan, thanks for doing this today. Uh, Locked on Oilers, uh, when can we expect the next episode to drop? Uh, tomorrow I'll be dropping one. We'll kind of quickly recap what we saw on Sunday, tee up what we're going to see uh on Tuesday night here at Rogers Center. The first game with fans since 2020, March 11th. Uh, it's going to be uh, cool. I know things are not very good in Alberta now, but let's just try to keep it positive, and uh, hopefully we see a turn in all this. But it's going to be kind of cool seeing the fans back in the good old barn uh, tomorrow and uh, our first look at the Seattle Kraken and those wonderful jerseys. Yeah, and a little bit of a, a tribute to Joey Moss as well, uh, something that's going to be mm-hmm. unveiled. So the good stuff. Hernan, thanks a lot for doing this today. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, buddy. Great stuff from Hernan Salas, TSN 1260, Locked on Oilers. Two guys in the goalie. Give them a follow on Twitter, at Hernan Demand. Really appreciate Hernan hopping on the podcast today discussing those Edmonton Oilers. Of course, a big 4 nothing win on Sunday. Now they turn their focus to the expansion, Seattle Kraken. We talked about it during the podcast there. I can't wait to see how the uniforms look. Like, I know it's kind of a nerdy thing. When the Vegas Golden Knights came to the NHL, I didn't really like the jerseys until I saw them on the ice. And at that point, it kind of clicked. I thought, okay, you know, this looks pretty good. This is a good look for Vegas. I do like Seattle, but I want to wait and see how it looks when they're out there, you know, as a team. The full get-up, we'll see how it goes. But really looking forward to that one. And once again, appreciate Hernan Salas hopping on the podcast here tonight. Week 3 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 4 with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet a dollar on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge Cash prizes up for grabs all season long with our daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets. When you place a $1 bet on any football game, that's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum 
$5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And that is a perfect segue into our next guest, Jeffrey Ulrich at DraftKings Nation. Joins me, and of course, Jeffrey's hopped on this podcast many times before, talking all things fantasy hockey, daily fantasy hockey to add to that. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at the Fantasy Grind. Like I said, he's with DraftKings Nation. Jeff, thanks so much for doing this tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great, yeah. Thanks for having me back on. We're uh, inching closer to NHL start, which is cool, so... Oh, I mean, I think we're all just itching for that regular season hockey on a Sunday night. We got a chance to see the Oilers and the Flames in the preseason. So obviously I'm going to ask you about the Edmonton Oilers and, and how it's looking with DraftKings. Maybe some guys you should be watching out for this year. But I, I got to start off with the NFL because I know you've been covering it a lot and our friends at DraftKings do a lot of really good work. As always, if you're signing up, THPN is the code word. I highly recommend you use the code word. It, it just opens up a lot of doors for you. And I, I got into it yesterday and I got into a $8,000 quarter jukebox. It was 25 cents, uh, Jeff. You know I'm a big spender. and Honestly, I thought I had a good team. I was in the money for a long time there. I had Justin Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen. Yeah, I went heavy on the Chargers, but uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, that injury set me back. How, how's it been for you with the NFL? And I mean, ha- have you been knocking it out of the park so far? Uh, I definitely had a really nice week one. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was a good start to the year. Uh, week two, I, I, I had a couple caches as well. Last week was, was a little bit strange from the perspective of, you know, we had a couple guys go off, but there was, it was, it was just kind of like a bit of randomness. So for me, I always try to stack teams, you know, like looking for quarterback wide receiver combos, sort of one team that really will take the slate. And if you hit on those teams, generally you can, you can get a big advantage, but it kind of felt like in week three with so many players go off that that strategy really didn't pan out very well. And you kind of had to pick and choose more. So, you know, you had guys like Josh Allen going for a massive total, but like Steph Diggs didn't go off really with him, which is kind of strange. We had guys in other games, you know, Justin Jefferson, uh, DK Metcalf, but Russell Wilson didn't have like the greatest game. So you kind of had to just pick and choose your poison and really hit on the right values. You know, if you had Alex Madison and Justin Jefferson, you had a good good day too. But uh, week three, a little bit different. Um, didn't quite work out with the strategy I wanted. I also bought into Justin Fields at 5,200. I think he got me three points, so that didn't help. But, um, yeah, it's all, all things considered, it's been a really fun start to the year. The betting uh, on the betting side has been amazing as well. Uh, always throwing out props and stuff on my Twitter handle. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a good start for sure. You you talked with the guys who didn't have great weeks, uh, Stephon Diggs, Russell Wilson, and it just sounds like my fantasy football team. <laughs> I went over three this week, so that, that's a little too close to home. So let's move on to hockey, and obviously this is an Oilers based podcast, and uh, it, NHL is a lot of fun with DraftKings. Uh, for those who don't know, it's daily fantasy sports. You can set your lineup for one day, like I do. You can do twenty five cents, or you can go up to even more and spend a little bit more money if you are a, a high roller and and want to try to make that big that big. Uh, team and make a lot of money doing so but it's a little bit different than you know regular fantasy sports because it's just a one night thing and you've got your salary cap so just just as a little refresher jeff can you just give people a little rundown on DraftKings daily fantasy hockey and how it works yeah for sure i mean essentially you know you're, you're picking your roster the two centers the three wings two d's a goal and then one utility spot and utility can put you know a d or a forward in there not, not an extra goalie unfortunately but um, you know, the, the way it's weighted is obviously 
Um, you know, you're looking at certain categories uh, that, that you want your players to really excel in. Uh, shots on goal is a big one for forwards. You get 1.5 shots, uh, 1.5 drafting fantasy points per shot on goal. There's also bonuses uh, when your player gets over five shots on goal. And then for defensemen, block shots is another uh, stat category because you get uh, bonus points when you get uh, three block shots from your, your player. So each, each uh, individual you know, um, sort of uh, player forward, defense, goalie, there's bonuses involved. And you really want to focus in on the players who can get you access to those bonuses. So, you know, for forwards, players with heavy shot totals, uh, have good goal rates, they're really valuable. It's not to say that the guys who get assists aren't valuable because there's, there's also a bonus for getting three points on a night. But, you know, those guys with, who shoot a lot, they can really give you those massive nights, you know, especially if they get to the hat trick, so, which is another bonus for. So the, the best advice I can give you is, Go look at the rules and the scoring for NHL. Really familiarize yourself and really look at those categories and see which players on which teams are excelling because there's some players that may only play 10, 10 minutes a night, but they'll get you three shots on goal, and those guys can be super valuable for DFS. As we sit here and record this on Monday night, I, I just open up the DraftKings off my phone. It's obviously very simple, and you know you can still get in on the action in preseason. Now it's a little bit different because rosters are, um, I don't want to say half, half-assed, but kind of, you know, three-quarter-assed. <laughs> like you're not going to have the superstars out there all the time. But do you get in on the preseason action, Jeffrey? Oh man, uh, you know this time of year is just so crazy with the NFL that. Um, this year I haven't, but it, it is definitely like preseason, the preseason sports. If you're like, let's say you're just into hockey, you just play NFL like really sparingly. Like you might like like one team on Sunday and NHL is really your thing. I mean, the preseason is a great time to play because if you're paying attention to the rosters, you're playing it, paying attention to the teams who are really rolling out strong lineups. You can really clean up. Like it, it's the same with any preseason because You'll get the casual players who come in there. They'll just throw a lineup in. They won't really pay attention. But if you're really digging in deep here, preseason NHL, preseason any sport can be really, really profitable. It can just be fun, too. Again, if you're a fan of hockey and you're watching preseason hockey, you're probably really into it. So um, it, it's a fun time of year. I haven't dove into it yet myself. I'm sure I'll play a slate or two once we get a little bit deeper. But um, for me, personally, it's just been too busy with NFL. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, the NFL, it's its uh, kind of encapsulating, takes everything. But once the season does get going, I mean, the Edmonton Oilers, I feel like they're, they're going to be a team people are going to want to target. And, you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl obviously are going to be a little bit more expensive when it comes to those guys. But if they're playing on their own lines, I mean, you could grab Zach Hyman, yes, he pulled Yarvey with McDavid potentially, or you could grab Leon Dreisaitl's line mates, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Kyler Yamamoto, probably for a little bit cheaper. I mean, is that a strategy you think some people might have going into the season? Just look into the people playing with the Oilers' top stars. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, stacking is, is another strategy you really want to pay attention to if, if you're new to NHL DFS, or even if you're not. Um, you know, you, you need to play the superstars, but you need to play them with players on their lines who they're, they're going to help get points. Zach Hyman's going to be helped along by Connor McDavid this year. Connor McDavid's the best playmaker in the NHL. Zach Hyman's going to benefit from that. Every time Zach Hyman scores, a very good chance Connor McDavid's picking up a point as well as an assist. So you need to consider that and, and really look at when you're considering paying up for Connor McDavid, you want one of his line mates. If Jesse Kopiarvi is really cheap, he becomes a good value. So uh, all things considered, I, I think that second line for the Oilers could really benefit from, from Hyman being up there and, and teams really trying to focus. It's going to be interesting to see with the Oilers 
if they can keep Dreisaitl and McDavid apart all year. If it is, it's going to create really interesting dynamics for NHL DFS on DraftKings because if they're separated, there's going to be more nights where one of them goes off and the other doesn't. You know, we're so used to seeing last year where they just dominate on the power player, they're playing together, and they both end up with like 30 points. And if you took one of them, you're fine. Or maybe you stacked both crazily. It was really hard to do that because it's so expensive. But um, it's going to be interesting next year because I think you're going to see more separation. I think you're going to see more nights where one of them goes off and the other maybe doesn't. I want to ask you about Zach Hyman. Like the big acquisition, everyone knew, I think, at some point in the offseason, like, okay, he's going to be signing with the Oilers. Just a matter of when. We saw what he did last year playing with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and the success that he had. Do you expect that to translate with the Edmonton Oilers? Like, was, was that something that you saw night to night thinking, okay, you know, I can take those guys. I got to take Zach Hyman, though, because he helped put up points, and that's something that won't change going to Edmonton? You know, you look at Zach Hyman and. You know, it's it's easy to be skeptical. Like, I mean, you know, his career high is 21 goals. Um, last time he played 82 games, he scored 50, and that was like four years ago. But this is also a player with, like, a career shot percentage of 12%. And so he's very opportunistic. I mean, this is a player who, you know, we're talking over a six-year sample size. This isn't like a small sample size we have on Zach Hyman. This is who he is. He's a good shooter. He's an opportunistic player. And you mentioned who he played with before. Well, I mentioned those career highs, but he did score 21 goals in 51 games with Toronto, so he was on pace for well over 30 that year. And even last year, he, he was 15 and 43. So um, I don't, I don't, I think people should be bullish on Zach Hyman here. I mean, this is a this is a fantastic opportunity, and this is realistically this is the type of player you want playing with Connor McDavid, someone who's going to bury their chances, someone who uh, has a good shot uh, percentage and, and is very opportunistic. Um, so I, I'm. I'm cautiously optimistic. He's still 29 years old, and, and maybe he just got a boost from, from playing with those guys for a couple of years. But I think for the, the at least short-term future, I mean, this should be really good for fantasy purposes. I mean, Zach Hyman should be setting career highs and goals, assuming that shooting percentage just doesn't take a massive dip. Um, it should help Connor McDavid having someone regular with them at even strength that can bury chances. So, you know, sky's the limit here. Uh, we'll see how it works out. You know, it's still a new new team, new players, and anything could happen at the start of the year. But, man, I'd be shocked if these two didn't, uh, did, really didn't gel uh, pretty quickly. Now, on the back end for the Oilers, uh, Darnell Nurse, uh, a career year last year, scoring 16 goals and only 56 games played, uh, finishes the year with 36 points. His partner, Tyson Berry, leading the league in points when it comes to defensemen. Do you expect this to continue this year for the Oilers' uh, top pairing there? Yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, I'll, we could talk for length about these two guys. I mean, is Tyson Berry worth coming back? I think they got him at least a, a good contract. Is he, like, really a, a great defenseman, or is he just uh, a product of, of his environment? I don't know. And, and for DFS, I don't think you should really care, because for for fantasy purposes, it's it's amazing. I mean, he, he's out there on the power play. He's obviously playing with the, the best playmaker. Uh, I see no reason why Tyson Berry's role will change that much unless Evan Bouchard suddenly takes a big step forward and supplants him. So that's something you're going to watch, want to watch on the back end. Does Bouchard start to cut into Tyson Berry's time? And does Tyson Berry all of a sudden become a little bit overpriced? I don't think that'll happen at the start of the year, but it could towards the middle of the year. As far as Darnell Nurse goes, I mean, this guy's going to be playing over 25 minutes a night. Uh, it's really just going to come down to price with him. I, will he regress a bit from the goal-scoring standpoint? Probably. Uh, but he still blocks a lot of shots. And again, I mentioned, you know, in, in the drafting story, that's great. He's, he's an all-around good defenseman. 
Um, you're going to want to watch um, Nurse's power play time. Do they try and take him a little bit off there and give Bouchard more time to give him a rest so they can play him more at even strength? That could take away from his downside a bit. So all things considered, you're going to want to watch that on Nurse, but um, should be another like big year for him. Certainly the minutes are going to be there. Um, still a little bit of depth concerns on the Oilers back end. Jeff, just a couple more questions for you here. Uh, when it comes to goaltending, I, I know last year you and I had this conversation and we were both on the same page. Like, yeah, I don't know if Mike Smith can do that again. He's 38 years old. Uh, flash forward a year, now he's 39. And I think we still have that conversation. I, I, I don't know how confident I am, I am in him. I know what he did in the past, but he, you know, he's past 35. He's got to prove it to me. Where's your confidence in the Oilers goaltender? I like Mike Smith. I mean, he definitely proved us wrong last year. The, the yeah. guy's kind of proven people wrong his entire career, bouncing back. It's just, you know, he, like you said, he's up there in here. It's like, why are we putting all our eggs in one basket? Why, why, why weren't we in on, um, you know, um, Nadelkovich or another young goalie that was out there this year? I think the Oilers, from a, a organizational standpoint, made a mistake. I mean, in not addressing the goaltending position now. From a DraftKings standpoint, Mike Smith, I think, is going to be very boomer bust. I think there's going to be patches where he gets he gets shelled if he's playing too much. But at the same time, we saw him come up big. And, you know, is the Oilers' defense still going to be letting a lot of shots on goal? Uh, they'll probably be up there at the very least. So, you know, from a real-life standpoint, I think it's going to create more, um, you know, sort of just week-to-week sort of uh, ups and downs for Oilers fans with Mike Smith being the main guy back there and them not having a more capable backup. But... Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, you know, there's going to be a lot of boomer bust nights, and I think that's going to make Mike Smith a, a good roster in a lot of spots. Uh, it should also help the Oilers' offense, quite frankly. I mean, if they're allowing more goals, it's just more reason to keep playing at a fast pace and trying to get, get on back on the score sheet, right? So, um, yeah, I, I wish as a fan of the Oilers they would address it, but it is what it is. And for fantasy purposes, should probably embrace it because it's, it's probably going to mean uh, the Oilers are up there in terms of top offenses again. Now, Jeffrey, my final question for you today, um, just we'll stick with the Oilers. I won't go around the league or anything like that. But okay. who's, who's someone that you think could be a nice addition and, you know, at least to start the year off, be a, a relatively cheap player for you? Probably Warren Fugeli. Um, I, can't, I, don't even know, I don't know if I pronounced his name correctly, but it doesn't matter. Um, I really liked his game in Carolina. You know, he uh, he played in a lot of different roles for them. Um, pretty good shot percentage as well. You know, a player who will get block shots out there. I expect him to be up there in terms of ice time and stuff like that. I can't see any reason with just the way the Oilers sort of bottom six have, has been over the last few years that uh, this guy shouldn't be up there in terms of, like, you know, players even, even competing with the top six in terms of um, – in terms of just like uh, a pure ice time, so I'd be looking at him as a uh, as someone who could be a sneaky fantasy play. Even in, and who knows? I mean, you just never know with injuries. He could definitely be a, uh, someone who could just slot into the top six for them uh, at some point as well. So I'd really really be watching for that acquisition from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, I think that he's going to be cheap to start off the year because he won't be playing with uh, Drysaddle and McDavid. But uh, the ice time should be there for him, and he was a player who kind of produced uh, in a lot of different categories. Oh, yeah, and I mean, there's opportunity there in a pinch, right, to jump up into that lineup. And if you get him in a game where he were to play with a dry settler, McDavid, could pay off huge. Jeffrey, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate it, and we'll have to get you back on later on in the year to, to get some more thoughts on how to help people win some money. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me on. Excellent stuff from Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. You can give him a follow on Twitter as well, 
at the Fantasy Grind, and I highly recommend you do so. I know as we were taping that, he was putting out some fantasy football advice for you guys out there. So, like I say, give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. Join DraftKings. Use promo code THPN and thank me later. You'll have a very good time doing so. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Of course, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, well, the Oilers getting ready to take on the Seattle Kraken. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. Tom Gazzola and myself have your pregame coverage on TSN 1260 starting at 6 o'clock. Hypothetically, if you're tuning into this show on Wednesday, well, I don't know what happened on Tuesday night, but I do know there's another game on Wednesday. The Edmonton Oilers in Winnipeg to take on the Jets. That's a 6 o'clock puck drop. So uh, if you're listening on either of those days, I hope you enjoy the game tonight. should be a lot of fun. And if you're listening on Friday, well, check out the new edition of the podcast because there's a new one out this morning. That's all I'm going to tell you once again, though. We're done. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I'm Connor Halley. Give me a follow at Connor Halley on Twitter. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.